Hello and welcome to the Australian Performing Arts Teachers Association APATA podcast. I'm Natalie Hammond with you today to host the APATA podcast and I would like to welcome our guest Sally Andrew from Radiance Dance Academy in Toowoomba. Sally is the APATA 2020 National Awards winner of the Performing Arts Private Studio of the Year. Welcome, Sally, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be with you. Well, it's such a pleasure. I'll just give a little bit of background into Sally before we begin with some questions. Um, so, Sally has an academy. The Radiance Academy Toowoomba is a dance school where all dancers are welcomed and celebrated. Sally is the studio director and the Academy was founded in 2015. Radiance Academy is a dance studio in the beautiful regional town of Toowoomba. And being an industry leader in the region, the school sets the bar high for all things dance. Tuition is inclusive, progressive, convenient and family focused with one of the world's fastest growing syllabus of dance to over 600 students from 18 months of age to 82 years of age. This is pretty amazing. The studio offers high-level dance tuition in classical ballet, jazz, tap, hip-hop, acrobatics, contemporary and much more. A little bit about Sally. Sally began dancing at the age of four and has learnt many styles, including contemporary, jazz, tap, Latin American, modern, character, and of course, ballet. She studied the Chiquetti method of ballet before moving over to Beth Borderstool. Hopefully I've correctly pronounced that. Beth Borderstool Studio. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Subsequently, Sally went on to be examined in the Royal Academy of Dance Syllabus up to a majors level. Sally then travelled to Melbourne to the Australian Conservatoire of Ballet to complete her teacher training in the Vaganova method of classical ballet. She has also completed her teacher training in the Living Dance Ballet Jazz and Contemporary Syllabus. In May 2017, Sally completed her study in dance teaching and management and became an affiliate teacher with the Australian Teachers of Dance. In August 2017, Sally completed further examinations with the ATOD to become an associate. In February 2018, Sally trained at the Queensland Ballet with the Parkinson's Australia program to begin her pilot dance for Parkinson's classes in Toowoomba. In April 2018, Sally became an accredited acrobatic arts teacher. In 2019, she has also completed her TAE so that she can facilitate students doing their Cert 3 nationally recognised qualification through the studio. You've been very busy, Sally. I have. It's been a busy few years. (laughs) Hasn't it? It's so impressive. One more thing. Sally has also recently completed her Diploma of Dance Teaching and Management with the Australian Teachers of Dancing. And Sally has been teaching dance since 1995, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Oh, it's pretty amazing. It's sounding, sounding very busy. 
has been a very busy time yes. with three young kids as well. With three young kids, so also a mother. That's very yeah. impressive. I think that's the hardest job. Absolutely. Yeah. Managing teaching dance and the hours that dance teachers keep and a family is, oh my goodness. is, is, a, is a big commitment. Hopefully you've got a supportive family around you too that can help out. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't do it without the family. No. Well, that's wonderful. Um, so I've just got a few questions for you today. And um, if you um, have any questions about what I'm saying, let me know. But we would just like to know more about you and, yeah, just learn about what makes you tick. Um, who inspired you to move into performing arts and why? Do you remember? I can't remember. Mum tells me that when I was young, I said to her, I'm going to do ballet. And she knew nothing about ballet and had not been in that world at all. But she had been sort of always interested in music and the arts. So she just went, okay, that's a good idea. And so I don't think that there was anywhere in our area that took anyone at the age that I'd requested. But as soon as I turned four and they said yes, I was off to ballet. And then I was just an avid consumer of everything dance all through school and just whatever classes were running, even if I had to go to multiple studios, um, I was just into all of it and just making the most of There was probably not as many opportunities in Toowoomba when I was learning as what there are now. Yeah. Um, but just whatever was available, I was there. Wow, so it sounds like that supportive family you speak of was uh, supportive from the very beginning in your, in your parents, yeah, and your yeah, mum particularly. Absolutely. So your mum played a big role. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it wasn't her thing, but she just always made sure because it was my thing, she made it possible. Yeah, as mothers do. And um, do you remember any teachers in particular that inspired you during this time in the early years? Um, I probably learnt some valuable things from all of my teachers. Like I remember all of them inspiring me in different ways. Um, but I remember um, Shane Weatherby from the Queensland Ballet had the most amazing choreography. He would come and, and write pieces for us. And I think him and his brother were the musicians and they would write the music and then teach us these bluesy contemporary numbers. It was amazing. And um, I think we had Jacqueline Pascoe and Harold Collins used to come and um, teach us as well at the summer schools. And I remember that being an amazing time, being a teenager growing up with these people. Um, but all of my teachers were amazing and, and inspired me in different ways. Um, and I learned something valuable from all of the different ones I've had over the years. Yeah, you can take something from everyone. I um, had the yeah, pleasure absolutely. of working with uh, Shane and Harold So with, when I was with the Queensland Ballet. So, I, yeah, they're both very dear to me as well. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, lovely they people. were fun. I just remember having the funnest time. <laughs> I remember the um, summer schools, I couldn't even walk up the stairs. They made us work so hard. Like, we just crippled, but it was just the best fun. I loved it. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Wow. Yeah, so they really inspired you. Great. Um, yeah. did, can you remember Sally at all as a primary school student, little Sally in Toowoomba? What were, yeah. her, what were her dreams? <laughs> oh, look, there was only one thing. Is I wanted to be a professional ballerina. Oh. That was the only thing I wanted to do. But 
when that didn't work out for me, I, I had a few bad auditions in high school and didn't realise that I should have pushed through and kept working towards what I wanted. I just thought, oh, one bad audition, that's it. I give up now. And so that's what I did. And I um, just decided career-wise I would go in another direction. And so I went and worked in health um, for a while. But it just kept calling me back. I just couldn't um, leave ballet. It just got into my blood. And so um, I... When the opportunities came back, I just had to keep going back and I kept returning and returning to ballet until I'm here. I'm owning a ballet studio. This yeah. wasn't the plan for me. Um, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be the ballerina, but I didn't realise how much fun this would be, helping to create little ballerinas and to create shows. Yeah, that's so that's true. And do you think that, that that different direction that life took you on probably helped you to this place giving you the strength that you needed rather than the other option of just going straight into dance and everything falling into place. Those little hurdles might have actually helped you discover who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that my different um, work places have given me different skills as well. Like um, I have a great interest in the business side of things as well not just the ballet side of things so I've worked for some incredible businesses that have taught me some things I wouldn't have learned if I was um, in a company not that they're not amazing businesses but I just went a different path um, and yeah it's taught me a lot about how to run a really good business and things like that as well as just the creative side so I think that the balance of the creative and the very practical um, ideas of running a business have helped me. Yes, and do you think that you would have had that same balance had you gone straight into the world of dance full-time? I'm not sure. I think my life would have looked completely different. Probably wouldn't have had kids very young. It, like, like, it could have been a totally different path. Yeah. So you just you don't know. No, you've got to go with the flow sometimes. You sound like you've got a really positive yeah. attitude anyway to take you in the direction you need to go in. So that's great. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's why you decided to teach dance because it was so close to the uh, the dance that you loved and you felt you could offer something to someone else with your teaching? Yeah, I think I sort of tumbled back into teaching and tumbled back into where I am now. Um, it wasn't in my big picture, um, but I'm absolutely loving it. So I've tumbled into my destiny, I think. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. way of putting it. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so you are originally from Toowoomba? Yeah. Well, I was born in Darwin, but moved to Toowoomba quite early on um, and haven't really moved away. Just done bits and pieces here and there, but really just a homegrown Toowoomba girl. Yeah. And do you think that uh, working in a regional area... The people maybe have a greater appreciation for what you're doing and what you're offering, whereas in a bigger city there might be more people doing the same thing, but your your passion in a regional centre might be really well received. Do you think there's a feeling of that in your community? I hope so. It's a very competitive in, um, space where we are in Toowoomba. There's a studio on every street corner, it seems like, Um but I think, I think we should have the same opportunities in Toowoomba that big cities have. So 
from a mum perspective, I've got three kids who are very involved in extracurricular, um, sporting and performing arts, and I don't want to have to move to Brisbane for great opportunities for my kids. So I want regional cities to have the same amazing opportunities that people in Brisbane do. Um, and I think we need to catch up on all of those things because I know with some sports we have to move for the best. Um, but why can't we have those opportunities in the regional places and the regional centres? I think we just need to up our game and not expect less because we're in a regional centre. Yeah, that's excellent. And all we need is a, a group of people like you, people with passion, to lead the way and keep people in their own towns. I think it's wonderful and it stops the, the commute from regional towns to bigger cities every day or every couple of days to find these amazing teachers when they're right there. I think that's so great. Ah, excellent. Okay. Um, So another question I'd like to ask you after reading about you was where did you learn Latin dancing? Uh, So just another local studio. So during high school, I don't know what high school I did (laughs) because I was just always dancing. So I I had a, a classical school that I was going to another studio that I went to for jazz and then another studio that I went to for um, Latin and ballroom dancing. And that was just the fun outlet um, in, in high school. That wasn't the serious dancing. That was just another thing I did. My parents were obviously very lenient, just letting me do everything. Yeah. But that was just so much fun. And then I picked that up again after having kids and being at home with the kids, I needed a creative outlet at night. So I'd get the kids into bed, leave my husband in charge, and I'd go out dancing at night as well. So <laughs> You've got so much energy, <laughs> especially when it has to do with dance, right? Once the music starts, yeah. it gets into you, especially yeah. Latin music. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. You have such a varied amount of uh, knowledge in your dance skills. Yeah. Yeah, very diverse yeah. in the... Um, different dance that I've done, but also in the different syllabus. So in, I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but in our small regional town, it sometimes becomes if there's only one syllabus and there's only one syllabus that counts. Yes. Um, but coming from a melting pot of different experiences with uh, the Vaganava, with the English, um, with the Australian syllabus, I can see so much value to the different ones. For me, there's not just one syllabus that's right for Australian dancers. Um, I, I just think there's so much diversity and so much we can learn from so many different areas. So It's good balance too. Yeah, so you would encourage students to learn many different styles and many different syllabuses. They, they wouldn't be stuck with the one. You would say most dancers could benefit from different styles not sticking to the one style and the one syllabus. Absolutely. And we offer so many styles at our studio. So some of the kids are dancing 10 to 13 classes a week in all different um, um, genres. So they're very well-rounded dancers. Um, But sometimes in our area, people just get stuck in their head that there's only one one that's correct. But I don't think so. I think there's so so many that have such value um, that we shouldn't just get that stuck in our head that there's only one right and wrong syllabus. Maybe because they've heard of that particular syllabus, it has a bigger reputation and it's not necessarily the best, but people are familiar with that. Yeah, Yeah, well, I'm glad you're spreading the word because I'm a big Vaganova fan. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, I really picked up um, the one word that I, I keep thinking about when I think of you is in- inclusive. And it's yeah. one of my favourite words. And I think that was such a really nice thing to look at your school and you as a person and that you're so inclusive. And I truly believe that everyone can dance. You just need to find your style and you need to have a patient teacher and it's, it's, can, it can be in anyone. And I really liked reading that you are very similar with your beliefs. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your students and the age that they uh, vary from 18 months to 82 years. So I wondered if you'd tell us a little bit about uh, the little ones and the not so little ones. Yeah, absolutely. So we had, um, there's lots of different schools of thought of when the right time to start dance is. Um, and I know that some of the the Russian ballet teachers had told me before 12, you're babysitting or before eight, you're babysitting. But we just kept getting so much demand for the little ones and parents ringing saying, my child loves to dance. So we just had a go. And we set up these amazing preschool programs and we just kept getting requests for younger and younger. And so now our youngest program is 18 months to three years. And I love teaching that one. It is so fun. Um, the joy that the kids get um, in the class and the parents get because they're actively involved as well in the class is just beautiful. Um it's a special time for the parents and the child or even sometimes we have carers or nannies or others that they just get to bond and hang out but just enjoy the movement um, in, a, in a professional studio setting with great syllabus but we have lots of props and mimes and dress-ups and fun. Like it's not sort of a Russian ballet technique class. It's just all about appreciating the movement and, and the dancing and being together in the room with beautiful facility and yeah but then we have up the other spectrum we have our over 55 classes which are very popular um, we have over 55 ballet and our tap but we also have our Parkinson's classes um, yeah so, so I really would like to talk they, to you more about that that sounds fascinating yeah they keep going sorry the Parkinson's in particular sounded intriguing and yeah. So inclusive. We love that class. It's really, really special. So um, Parkinson's Toowoomba contacted us and said that they see they see if we were running the over fifty five, and they were keen to talk to us about it. So it was a long time setting up the class. Um, it wasn't a quick process, but Erica Rose from the Queensland Ballet was amazing, helping us implement the programs, and we did training with her um, and. Then we managed to launch, I think it was from start to finish of setting up 12 to 18 months to set up the program. Mm. Um, but now we have a great group of um, participants and partners who are there religiously when they can be. Um, and it seems to become such a part of their life. Um, we had a really, really beautiful couple um, who touched the whole class and, and the wife with Parkinson's passed away. Um, but the husband chooses to still remain a part of our group and oh attend the classes. And it was, it's very, it's a very emotional and special class. It's, um, it gives a lot of meaning to tippy-toeing for me. Yes. It's not just 
being a fairy and being a princess, but um, our art form of dance can really help people. It is so beneficial for everyone, right from tiny um, to our age to slow down the ageing process and to keep us young and fit and vivacious um, and keep uh, dementia and things at bay and keep us smart. And So it's just there's so many reasons for us all to be dancing. And our latest project has been trying to implement inclusive classes. Um, and again, I think this is going to be a long-term setup. Um, we have just a very small group at the moment but a very happy group who are really excited to be involved in studio life. Um, but I want that to become a bigger part of our studio as as we can expand into that area. Yeah, so it really does sound like art as a therapy yep. in that category that's really working as a therapy. It's so special. Do you think that yep. self-esteem and feeling included in a group have added to the confidence of not only the people with Parkinson's but their partners like you were saying that sense of inclusion for the husband somewhere that he could go to that he felt a community do you think that helps them experience the art form a little more they're feeling more relaxed absolutely I think because they had such a tight-knit community before they joined dance it made it easier for them too I think if you had said to a group of um, older gentlemen, do you want to come and sit in a dance class um, where they don't know anyone and they don't know anything about the dance class, I think it would be much harder to come in than when they're coming in as a support network anyway and then they're experiencing it together and it's meaningful then for them to be together and they're not trying it on their own and it just has worked because they were already a group and then they have taken to this um, along with their choir and other things. I just, I think it's all worked well together. It sounds so positive, incredible. Just really, really unique. Um, I hope there's more of that coming along in the world and, yeah, I think you should be congratulated for that. It's really inspiring, actually. <laughs> Do you think that feeling that we were talking about, that sense of confidence and being um, a part of a group is important for any student of any age and do you think that being a teacher you have a sense of responsibility to try to create that feeling of inclusion and confidence in a student to make them feel at their best so they can dance at their best? Do you think there's a part of psychology that makes someone dance better I guess when they're feeling confident? Yeah absolutely. We have um, not just one, but many kids who suffer from anxiety. Um, but the studio is their safe place and they are at their best. They are able to be confident and strong when they are at the studio or performing with their friends or performing at a dance item. Um, and then they take themselves out of that situation and the anxiety can look completely different. It can be really crippling, like at school or in their other scenarios. But the safe place for them at the studio because we're a different studio. We're not the old school stuffy ballet mom scenario where we're trying to belittle our students and um, pull them into line, um, like it might have been the case years ago with the infamous stories of the ballet teachers with their canes and stuff. We are trying to do the opposite. We're trying to lift them up 
to bring them out the best in them. Um, and I think that that can really help with their sense of identity in the studio. Totally. And their, um, confidence. Yeah. And identity so is resilience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Goal, reaching their goals and all that. Yeah, I think that's great. How, how do you, as a teacher, help to create that safe space, do you think? What do you think of – you've obviously done it. So were there little checkpoints that you gave yourself to make sure that you created a safe space or did it just happen through patience and kindness? Um, our staff is a big part of that. So when they come on board, we talk to them about the ethos of the studio and how we're different to everybody else. Um, or how we're creating our own um, culture and what our culture looks like. And so as they step in, they know what the culture looks like and they're there to uphold that as well. Um, and we want our point of difference to be the reason people are coming to us. So um, we talk about that a lot with our staff and then I think it just flows down from there. If we have any dramas at the studio, we know that we can just step in and talk to the kids and say, this is how we're wanting it to look and we try and inspire them to hit that target with us. Um, this is where we want to go. How can you help us get there? I think that's, that's helped. So you always sort of keep an eye on it. You keep an active role in that atmosphere being created so everyone feels safe. Yeah. it's really It really comes yeah, across when I, I read about you, this stuff. It's lovely. Because I, I, people can go and learn dance anywhere and we want them to but I think they return when they know that they're valued and they're safe and that it's a beautiful space for them to be. Perfect. I have one more question I like to ask people which is probably going to be a bit tricky for you knowing that your dreams were always to be a ballerina but if you can have a little think if you weren't a dancer or a teacher what else would you possibly be? There's so many things I'm interested in. Um, <laughs> I love growing business, so I would definitely have a business of some kind. Um, I love writing. Um, I always wanted to be an accountant, so look, I'd probably have another five careers if I wasn't in the dance industry. I'd be doing lots of things. Yeah, you've got a great business brain. There you go. I thought that question was going to be really hard for you, but you've got lots of interests. <laughs> you were not just yeah. the ballerina. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today, Sally, for this Apata podcast. Um, we've really, really enjoyed getting to know you and you are inspiring a lot of people. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today, Sally, for the Apata podcast. If you're looking to make contact with Sally and the Radiance Academy team, APATA members can reach out through the APATA directory via your dashboard or check out Radiance Academy website at www.radianceacademytoowoomba.com. Thanks for listening and stay in touch.